When you've been searching for the right insight, advice, and information on financial marketing, you know where to go. The Speakeasy, the exclusive source for financial marketing insights with a shot of human. Starring Kelly Hellickson and Hilary Reed from Empowerfy, strategy-infused data-driven marketing solutions for financial institutions nationwide. I'm your host, Bill Klaproth. On this episode, we kick off a three-part series on understanding your why, the importance of finding fulfilling work. And with us is a special guest, Mia Perez from the Louisiana Federal Credit Union. Mia, welcome to the Speakeasy podcast. Thanks. Wow, this is is exciting to have a guest with us, Kelly and Hillary. Isn't that right? How about it? Yes, it is. Thanks for coming on, Mia. Super, super excited. And since this is called the Speakeasy Podcast. Oh, yeah. That comes with it spirits and atmosphere. (laughs) So what are the spirits that you're consuming, ladies? Uh, let's Let's let Mia go first. Mia, what are you drinking? Well, at the moment, see, notice how I said that. It's terrible. But (laughs) (laughs) my my go-to is usually uh, a big, robust cab. But since it's 1,025 degrees down here in New Orleans, right now I'm having a really crystal cold Sauvignon Blanc Australian. So it's beautiful. Ooh. You sound so fancy I when know. you say <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc. I don't even know how to that wine, you know, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, Kelly, how about you? What are you uh, imbibing oh, with? I am trying. I'm going to dabble in a little bit of that, um, you know, housewife mom thing. It's called Cape in Line White Peach Sangria. So it's it's pretty refreshing. Mm. Okay. Hillary? Sounds like, sounds like we need a sponsor or something <laughs> right? for our uh, speakeasy. Sponsored by. <laughs> um, I, I am drinking my regular go-to, which Kelly probably, if you asked her, she could guess right away. Mm-hmm. Um Tito's and club with a splash of something like lime or orange. So I'm pretty, pretty plain. I wish I could say I was drinking a Cesarac in this speakeasy, but my bartender doesn't know how to make it yet. I have to train him a little better. Oh, yeah. Well, nice job. That's uh, very fitting for the speakeasy. That's excellent. Yep. You can hear our ice, ice jingle a little. Nice. That's good. I like it. I like it. So we're going to be talking about the importance of finding fulfilling work and finding your why in that work. And that's why we've asked Mia to be on with us. So Mia, why do we need a why when it comes to work? And what does that mean for anybody that's unfamiliar with Simon Sinek and his finding your why course, if you will, because he does have a course. You can take a course on finding your why, but obviously you can find him all over YouTube. And a lot of people uh, really like what he has to say when it comes to finding your why. So Mia, tell us your thoughts on this. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's so much out there about finding your why. And um, I just love the way Simon puts it. I'm a huge fan of his books. Maybe that's just because he was a I think he was in advertising first. I'm not, I I think that's, Mm -hmm. and I'm still trying to figure out where that beautiful accent comes from with him, but that's a, that's another talk (laughs) show. Anyway, the, he, he's um, just this whole concept behind finding your why and not just something you do at work, so to speak, but it's, it's really fascinating when you think about where we spend our time every day and how much more meaningful that can be if we align it with what we personally believe in. 
And so it all comes from, you know, his belief basically in a nutshell. The miniskirt version is that he says few organizations really know why they do what they do. Everybody um, knows what they do, right? If you asked anyone in the workplace or in their life or whatever, what what do you do? They can tell you. As a matter of fact, in, in you know, the cocktail hour, people usually lead with that. What's your name? Where are you from? And the next question is always, what do you do? And um, so everybody can articulate that. But when you say, why do you do it? They're like, well, what do you mean? Why do I do it? And so that's what we're really talking about is connecting those two because the what comes from the why. And it's really important. It, it, it makes a difference in where you spend your time, what you say no to, what you say yes to. And uh, we we had the pleasure of going through that exercise in our, in our workplace at my credit union. Uh, it has nothing to do with credit unions, has nothing to do with uh, anything related to the industry at all, marketing, none of that. It has to do with why you show up every day. Uh, so it's we could talk hours about Simon Sinek and why, but that's that's pretty much the nutshell of it. Did anyone after that exercise say, you know what? I realized after th- talking about my why that uh, this place is not the place for me. <laughs> Did that happen at all? Oh, so that is such a great question because we legit were prepared for that. We we had that conversation. I said, listen, you know, it's kind of like when you uh, don't survey people if you really don't want to know the truth, right? Or you're not going to do anything <laughs> yes. with those results. And so that was part of the combo was, um, okay, what do we do when we really have clarity and someone says, yeah, no, not for me, right? And so this doesn't uh, align with my why. Yeah, that's that's such yeah. a great point because yep. like, it reminds me of when we talk about. Um, credit unions uh, doing training and coach up and coach out and you have to be willing to uh, let go of people if it's not right and that's I'm so glad that you thought about that prior to going into it but it sounds like you didn't have anyone want to say goodbye so that's good we had a few people after we went through even now not not immediately today but um after we went through the whole bit and the exercise we still had people struggle with it they had they had they struggled with talking about the why because they're superstars anyway. And they just say, I do this because it's it's what I feel like I'm compelled to do. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to when a team member calls or when someone calls, I'm supposed to drop what I'm doing and sacrifice what I'm doing for someone else. It's just what I do. So I don't really even know how to articulate that. And I'm like, you just did, dude. Um, you know, so that was a little hard. That was People don't like to brag, not say brag, but they don't like to talk about the good things that they do. And that's the person you want because it's like, you're already doing it. So keep doing what you're doing, keep being who you are. And that's why you contribute, you know, to this team. But no, we didn't have anyone. We Listen, I have this thing called freedom counseling and people are like, what's freedom counseling? I'm like, it's when you come to my office, I've got a big picture window and outside is the flagpole. And I say, bring two copies of your resume. And I have them look out the window and say, what do you see? And no American flag, right? What does that stand? Freedom. It, so we're going to have some freedom counseling. You are not obligated to work here. Go forth and be free to do what you want to do and what you're great at. And I've had to do that a few times, but people always hug you on the way out because I know it sounds really funny when I express it that way, but uh, people are oh, that's amazing. No, for real. Yeah. So they're like freedom counseling. I'm like, come see. Me. So it's a real thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> so is there a difference between having a personal why and a business? Why is there a difference there? Oh, that's a good question. So people will often say that, um, and it's a question that Simon addresses in his book, one of his books. Um, people say, well, I have a why here at work and I have a why when I'm the spouse or at home. And it's like, no, you, you only have one why. 
you only have one why. You don't have a why at work and you don't have a why at home. You have a one why. It's like, why does Mia, uh, what, what, why does Mia exist and why is she doing what she does and what lights her fire? What in, in an exhausting day, what has you come out of that feeling like you really did something that was meaningful? Fill in the blank. What is that? And that, once you can determine what that is and what your strengths are, and what you've done that's impactful to you, not to your neighbor, not to the person in the rearview mirror, but to you, that's how you can determine what your why is. And it doesn't change ever. Um, it may change in time in terms of as you age or, uh, you know, different points in your life, but in terms of today and your work and at home and with your friends and your relationships, you only have one. Right. That makes sense. So basically, it's kind of what's your purpose, cause, or belief, right? That's what's right. What's your purpose in life? Yep. You know, what is this cause you're most passionate about? What's your belief? So did you have to figure those things out for yourself? I I did. But what's funny is I didn't I didn't really, this is going to sound so terrible. Good thing I'm not um, working for Simon Sinek. I didn't go into the exercise knowing that I would have to do that myself. I went in a bit curious and when you find your why as an organization, as a team, as a tribe, you can go through that, but it still really is important to do it on your own. And you can actually go through the exercise, go through the steps with a friend or with a confidant, and you can determine your own personal why. And it made so much sense to me that when I came out of the back end of that exercise, my why aligns perfectly with my shop's why. And that is the perfect reason why every day doesn't feel like work to me. And if I were to leave where I am today, my why would still be the same. So whether mm -hmm. I was making chocolates on the assembly line next to Lucille Ball or working at a you know, financial institution with non-sexy sex, non checking accounts, that wine <laughs> is not getting to me. Uh, the why is the same. So it doesn't <laughs> matter what you do. You know, it doesn't matter what you do. It's the why always comes through anyway. When we were talking about... Uh having Mia come on and, you know, just wrapping back and forth about topics. You know, she did say that she, when she facilitated that exercise at her shop, at her credit union, finding your exercise or finding your why exercise, uh, she said it was my first attempt and I'd figure, I figured I'd either be a superstar or I'd have to freshen up the resume, be having the old, uh, what's your freedom look like conversation with herself. So I think that's really yeah. monumental. And the fact that, yeah, I mean, you don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to be a credit union marketer. I'm going to market for credit unions. I'm going to help them grow. I'm going to help them prosper. I'm going to help them, you know, completely put themselves on the map. And um, I've just always been a credit union brat. <laughs> Give me that credit union. I'm going to go market it. <laughs> Does anybody say that? Like, that sounds like punishment right it's like what is credit union what in the world like what is that i right? know like drop and give me 20 credit unions no um <laughs> oh my god it's okay. it's just i didn't know just like mia says you know i didn't i didn't know this whole time that my passion was in and i'm living my dream i totally am i'm so blessed we're so grateful hillary and i have talked about this time and time again you know in the middle of a pandemic our children are coming to us and saying mom we haven't seen you. How the heck are you busier now than you ever have been? Like everybody else is not busy. And, you know, we sit them down and we say, this is why, because I 
am living my why, I'm living my passion every single day, it is, it's not work for me. It's a passion and it's, you know, it's, this is going to sound corny, but the credit union philosophy is people helping people. And at the end of the day, it might have been just a knockdown, drag out. Oh, I just, I got to sit down. I got to, I got to have a, a peach uh, sangria. But you know that you are, <laughs> you know that you are helping every single day. You gave it your all because it's not work to me. And, and you know, you know why, Kelly, why I said that and when we were kind of bantering back and forth with topics, why I said that I'm going forth with this exercise on the organizational level with hundreds of people. It's it's the reason why I said I could either it's I'm either going to be a superstar or I'm going to have to like legit get the scratch and sniff resume paper out. <laughs> and it's because, because to go through the exercise, it's a pretty emotional thing. It, it sounds so hokey when you read about it, but I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Um, but to, when you go through the actual exercise, the the admonition is you cannot shortcut the exercise. You cannot do this just with a chief level team or an executive level team. You have got to take the time that's allotted in the blueprint to do it this way. You have to have these conversations. You have to. I was like, oh, my God. OK, so that means people are going to dig deep. They're going to reflect on yep. some of their best memories why, while they're, they've been working here and be prepared for people to shed many tears, like have the Kleenex out. And I'm yes. like, oh, my God, are you kidding me right now? And financial institutions just aren't ready for that half the time, right? They no, have to no, prepare they're, they're thinking, for that. Yeah, they're like, what kind of training day is this? I've got to go. I'm busy. Right? Yeah. So when, when we went through that. It was amazing. I mean, 20 minutes in, I knew I'd hit a home run. I mean, I had an employee stand up when we asked about, tell us some of the impactful moments that you've had working here. What do you remember? And we had an employee that stood up and she says, um, she started to cry immediately. And she said, I remember working here in whatever role I was in, my husband was diagnosed with cancer and the HR person came to me, one of our employees came to me and said, put her hand you know, on my shoulder and said, you focus on your family and what your husband and your children need from you right now. You don't worry about this job. You don't worry about if you have a job, you're going to have great days. You're going to have terrible days and we are here for you. No questions asked. And other employers would never do that. And, um, that wasn't just lip service. And she's still with us to this day. And she said, I will never forget what you did to make me feel like I was important and that it wasn't really about the checking accounts, the loans and all this stuff, the what that we do. It's why. And um, that was one of probably 40 stories. And at the end of the day, it was like eyes open when we went through that exercise. So that's what I mean by this could go horribly wrong because there are a lot of people who will fold their arms and say, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to have these conversations. I punch it, I punch out and I leave. And those are the people that come for the freedom counseling. Those are the ones that were like, okay, no problem. Listen, you don't have to buy in. You don't have to drink Kool-Aid. It's cool. We're not asking you to change who you are though. But we are asking you to buy into the tribe. Why? Like we have clarity now. So now you get on board or you find somewhere else to practice your excellence. I mean, that's your two options. Absolutely. You know, and um, that's just a really moving story. And it's even more so the fact that you had not one but 40 of them. Um, and, you know, something that I want to capitalize on that you said, you know, not not every employer, not every type of company, not every vertical is going to do that. And, you know, I, 
I think that's true. I, I can count so many times in my childhood. Um, my mom started out as a teller at Blackhawk Community Credit Union in Janesville, Wisconsin. I mean, 42 years, she just retired. She started out as a teller. She'd come home and she'd have stories. I'm not supposed to talk about this, but I just have to, you know, at the, at the dinner table. And she'd tell us girls, this is what it's about. You know, I'm not making a million dollars here, but I know I'm going to be able to work up, work my way up the ladder. I know I'm going to have a pension. I know I'm always going to have a place where away from my family, there's going to be family. So I thought, you know, wow, just to see my mom so passionate about that. And literally, I never heard that woman once complain about going to work. Never once. Uh-huh. Right. It's like when if you're watching the clock, you probably are not. Uh, you're not working for something that's really empowering your why. Um, and listen, I'm not saying every day is glorious. I mean, I'm not saying that, right? We all have we all have the crap work that we have to do every now and again. But you know, like stable neighbors. And, but for the most part, if you're not if you aren't invigorated at the end of a tired tiring workday, it's probably time to just say, what am I doing? Am I wasting my life? I can't get back what just happened five minutes ago. That time is gone. So make sure I'm doing something that's either helping other people, if that's my why, fulfilling, you know, like you said, living the dream, living your dream. Yeah. And that's another, that's another conversation. I, my personal mm-hmm. why, I can articulate that. I've got it written out. And that's, uh, I've really had some, I'd say, come to Jesus enlightening moments in developing my own personal why over lessons over my career. So that's, um, that's something we can talk about too. Yeah, and sometimes you don't find your why until you find the opposite, right? So it's a great point. It's crazy to say, but when you're talking about this, I'm thinking about where I was in my past career, and um, I didn't actually know my why until I came to this segment of my life, and then I was like, oh there it is. There you are. I've been looking for you this whole time. And it made me realize what I don't want so much so that I found my why in that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yep, really good. Well, this has been a great discussion on finding your why. This is going to be a three-part series. So this is part one. So this is really a great way to start it off talking about your personal why and finding that. And again, talking about your purpose, cause, or belief. So make sure you check out podcast two and three of Finding Your Why. Mia, Kelly, and Hillary, thank you so much. This has been great. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Thanks. Can we do a little virtual cheers with our, our speakeasy <laughs> drinks? Yes. Ready? One, two, okay, three, ready? cheers. Cheers. And to connect with Kelly or Hillary, please visit EmpowerFi.org. This is the Speakeasy Financial Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.